All right. Well, for the first time since April of this year, we are back in the Maverick Center upcoming August 26th. Lake O'Ruin alongside Zach Partridge. Zach, really, really looking forward to this one. Six weeks away. Just can't wait to be back calling fights, man. About time. It's been a long it's like time. Biggest, it's been like our biggest break of the year. Yeah, no. And, and Price was super fun. And I think a lot of people are itching for us to get back. And so we're going to be kicking things off with a very fun card. Paris Hawkins versus Gus Quintana. Zach, I've talked to both of these guys personally, and they are both just itching to get in there. Yeah, um, you know, it's a unique uh, a unique uh, opportunity for two, um, two amateurs to have their debut fights in the Maverick Center, which is going to be, you know, a big card. I mean, it's no secret. Like, we've had a lot of changes on this card. We've seen the main poster change, what, like four times. Um, we thought it was just going to be, um, you know, every – just tons of top tier talent and there's still a lot of great talent on the card but not as like star loaded as we originally thought when we built the card but they're still having these two amateurs are both making their debuts at the maverick center on a really big card that's going to be really fun um it's a great opportunity for them and i meeting both of them in person uh met paris in person once and met gus um at the misha tate seminar and uh, I, you know, I love their energy and I think they're going to kick off the card with a bang. And let me just say both of them very, very well integrated into the world of mixed martial arts, very well yeah. integrated in, they've been training for a very long time. I think there's your two high level amateur debuters, similar to what we typically see on these fierce cards. Lacey Vasquez facing off against Maddie Moorhead, another fun one. Lacey Vasquez back after just six weeks away, back to back, uh, back to back fierce events for her, Maddie Moorhead coming down from Idaho, looking to get her first win. Yeah, you know, Lacey, I'm so happy that we could get this done for Lacey. Um, for people who don't remember, she lost her opponent a week, well, uh, fight week? It was, yeah, it was it was about 10 days prior, I believe. So we lost her opponent 10 days prior, yeah, to uh, a dislocated elbow, legit injury. And then, um, yeah, so we, we, so she was off the card. And then we had a kickboxing match on the card. We were having some issues. So I called her. I said, would you want to kickbox? And she's like, well, I don't know, whatever. And then turn come out day of weigh-ins. We find out that the girl for the kickboxing fight from California wasn't getting on the airplane, ghosted her coach and us. And basically wouldn't get on the airplane to come here from California to fight. Called Lacey. Asked her if she wanted to fight at 125. She drove from Eagle Mountain or wherever down to Price, Utah. Got there in like two and a half hours. Only missed weight by 125 at, by like two and a half pounds. I think she weighed in at like 128 and a half. Which the fight had been already moved to 130 at that point, correct? Yes, yes. Because she knew like she wasn't going to make 125, but she doesn't cut a lot of weight. Um and uh yeah she yeah she weighed in at 128 and a half takes the fight on basically 24 hours notice a kickboxing match and wins a decision like when you when you do that you know like i think it's a you know it's a unique opportunity i think for amateurs to fight at the at the maverick center um, I think it's a good opportunity when you're willing to step up and do things like that. Um, you know, I, I wanted to 
wanted to get her an MMA fight ASAP. And she was a very big priority and, uh, you know, happy for Maddie Moorhead, you know, she gets to come down from Idaho and, and, uh, make her debut with us. Yeah. Looking to get that first win for her excite MMA where Lacey Vasquez fights out of five and O currently under the fierce banner this year, the most successful gym in the entire city of Utah wow. for fierce fighting championship. I should say, yeah. all right, Chris Falau facing off against Richard Mendoza. Chris Falau, we saw a couple of months ago, looking to get the win on this one. Richard Mendoza, haven't been able to find a whole lot on him, but he does have a win under his belt. Yeah, so uh, Richard was is kind of interesting. He uh, He's pretty ingrained in the MMA community, has a supplement company. I know he sponsors a lot of the fighters, Zeke Law too, um, and some others. Um, part of that brute force team out in Vernal. Uh, was part of the only MMA fight on a FitCon card a couple years ago. They didn't register it anywhere. So it's just like, I don't, I, I don't think they did a pay-per-view or anything. So it's just like, I can't, we couldn't find any film on it, but I'm really interested to see Chris in his bounce back. I thought Chris did a lot of really good things in his debut. He fought somebody that was just physically just a little bit stronger and a little bit more polished um, in Landon Dodge and uh, lost a tough decision. Um, I'm excited. I think Richard, Mendoza and Chris mix it up on the feet a little bit more. Um, I think that one's going to be a very entertaining fight at cruiserweight, something we're trying to do a little bit more at fierce. I, I like that 225 um, division. Okay. So it's not a heavyweight fight. It is 225. They do have to make that 126 pound weight. Correct. Left. It's a cruiserweight. And uh, I mean, who knows? Like we could seriously, I, I think we have some amateurs that, that kind of are that body type that we could, we, we could see a cruiserweight title fight in 2024 even. I'll speak on Chris Falau a little bit more just because we have seen him fight before two reversals and an extremely impressive gas tank when he faced off against Landon Dodge, Richard Mendoza, all, all as game as well. As for Derek Jorgensen, Krakyun, Pantea, I really am going to make sure I get that right headed into fight week. Derek Jorgensen was extremely dominant in his last showing, Zach. He looked really good. And, you know, um, yeah, I don't know if anybody saw the little doc that came out on kind of his path back after his debut fight where he basically got his jaw broke, kept fighting and then got head kicked and knocked out. Unfortunately in his debut fight came back, recovered and was itching to come back. And dude, I mean, those are guys that, I mean, we have a very exciting featherweight division right now, um, amateur featherweight division. And um, Derek is a big part of that mix. And I'm just, I'm really interested to see what he does against um, Pantea. Like this originally was going to be Ricky Mamone, which was an unreal fight. Uh, luckily for unlucky for us, but lucky for Rick, Ricky, he got some opportunities elsewhere. And so super excited him and wish him the best. And I'm sure we'll see him back in the cage soon. But um, in the meantime, uh, I'm excited for this fight. A little background on how do you say his name? Krakian? I I'm saying Krakyun for now, but that Krakyun. will most definitely probably change by uh by Krakyun. next Saturday night. Um, anyways, so he's 0-1. Okay, but you want to talk about a fighter's fighter. He went up to corner a teammate for a welterweight fight. Okay. His teammate got hurt like while he was like cutting weight or something rolled his ankle, whatever, got hurt. And he stepped in on a day's notice for a welterweight fight at 157 pounds or something like that. 
and then on a day's notice and lost a split decision. So you want to talk about a tough game kid. And then, I mean, Derek's, I mean, dude kept fighting through a broken jaw and, and we saw how dominant he was when I think now fighting in the correct weight class at featherweight too. I think that that was a factor in him, his performance. Uh, I'm very excited for that fight. I cannot wait. I, and, and also I did kind of want to ask you, I mean, 20 pounds down on paper, but given the context, that makes a whole lot more sense. Is that more so his natural weight class? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of good. Looking forward to it. This one to headline the prelims though. I think this is the one that a lot of people are looking forward to. He's definitely a mainstay in the Maverick center. Vilayam Kulu facing off against a debuter, Antoine Al Nasser. However, this and again, another name that I will make sure to get the pronunciation correct once we uh, once we start the fights on Saturday. Answar, one of the most confident debuters I think I have ever spoken to, Zach. Yeah, I mean, he I, I got a text message from his coach. He said, I don't care if they're 20 and now I'll fight him. Like he's he's ready to rock and roll. So um I, I love his confidence. Like, that's what I do. That's what I want. You know, like I want guys that want to show up. They want to scrap. They want, they want to throw down. Um, I do. I like his confidence. Some people can call it cockiness, whatever. Um, he's had some smoker fights in Canada, I think. Uh, so yeah, four, uh, says he's four and oh, like do fighters come from all walks of life. It's so interesting. It's so interesting to see where they're coming from. And then, We'll see if he keeps that same energy in the cage when he's standing across from Kulu. Um, I think he will. Like, I think, I think he truly believes in himself and his abilities. Um, his coaches say, you know, he looks great in the training room, but you know, you just never know. So, I mean, they, his, his, his coaches know Kulu. Kulu knocked out Anthony Acosta from the same gym. Like they know him. So they have to have a lot of confidence in him. So I'm just real, I'm really fascinated and interested to see how this fight goes. He is genuinely like he's certain that that one this will be a fight and it will be competitive but also that he can beat this guy Viliamikulu 2-0 against debuters but also coming off of a loss as of recent but still one against of the, best the number one amateur country. in the country exactly just say that definitely one to look forward to this next one's got a belt on the line Malachi Novosel facing off against Matt Lawson at 155 pounds Zach what are you looking uh for headed into the main card um long overdue Malachi getting his first title fight feels just like a little overdue. Um, but I mean, it's interesting, right? Like Malachi, you know, Matt Lawson's a big step up from his last two fights. He's taking care of his last two fights with quick first round submissions, like really quick. Isn't this, is this Malachi's fourth fight this year or third? third this fight is this his year? fourth fight this year. I mean, 11 in three years. I mean, that's crazy active, right? Um, so Love that. Matthew Lawson from um, Impact Jiu-Jitsu in Oregon, the same gym that Brian Neuro trains out of, who picked up a big win in April against Trevor Bradshaw. April, right? Correct. Yep. Against Trevor Bradshaw. Uh, you know, so Jiu-Jitsu gym, Malachi's Jiu-Jitsu is really good, especially under Jeremy Horn, probably, you know, one of the best MMA grapplers of all time. Uh, I'm pretty, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's going to be a very, fascinating checker match especially their chess match especially if it get, goes to the ground um i'm very interested to see how their skills line up 
first professional fight of the night, Trevor Bradshaw facing off against Cameron Williamson. Trevor Bradshaw, we know who he is, all wins by first round finish. As for Cameron Williamson, only his second fight, or his third fight, I apologize, headed into this one, Trevor Bradshaw, 14 fights already under his belt. Uh, very, very interesting. Um, you know, Cameron Williamson, very confident, uh, was supposed to fight. Fight got canceled. Just wanted to get on the next card he could soon. Um, I like it when coaches, managers let their guys kind of sink or swim. Like, it's like, hey, man, listen, if you're as good as you think you are, you you got you to gotta be able to go into enemy territory and beat guys like Trevor Bradshaw. Trevor Bradshaw deceptive right uh record he may be upside down in his record but i would like to point something out his only two losses at 155 are to mitch ramirez and brian Nero. mitch who will be seeing here in a few weeks making the walk headlining dana white contender series and brian Nero, a, one of the top lightweight prospects unsigned lightweight prospects in the region somebody who's probably going to be contending for our lightweight pro title. I would imagine by the end of this year, first to next year type time frame. Um, you know, those are the type of guys that he's, those are the type of guys that he's, uh, he's lost to at 155, his natural weight class. Um, but I mean, he's fought, he's also fought a lot of guys and fought, made a pro debut against Mike Jones. You know, um, lost a lost a pro fight to Will Dunkel at 170. You know, took some fights at 185. Even I mean, it's just I think being in your right weight class matters, and I think Trevor Bradshaw at 155 is I think he's a scary opponent and very dangerous one. Yeah. As for Cameron Williamson, really looking forward to seeing him come and uh, head into Utah and see what he can do. Uh, speaking a little bit more cut from that same cloth, talking about odd looking records, but nonetheless still as game opponent as anyone, Connie Correa, his last two opponents combined records as the time of the walk, 13 and three, he's going to be facing off against Ben Robinson. First time at Walter Waite since June of 2017. This is to me, probably fight of the night. First team, all violence fighters. I mean, they're both going to come out swinging. Uh, Connie is is a, aggressive. He's fun. Yeah, the only thing I love about Connie, he had this banger of a fight with Carson Hardman um, last year. Um, such a fun back and forth fight, and uh, um, they both broke their hands in the fight. They both were banged up. And Connie called me and he goes, "Can I fight Carson Hardman again?" I was like. Well, well, no, like he's our champ and, you know, you're coming off a loss, but, you know, we got to get you, build you up towards that area. He goes, he goes, no, I I don't even care as much about the title. Like that was just fun to fight somebody as crazy as me that will just stand and bang like that. Like he just had a, he genuinely just had a blast in there. And that's the type of guy that Connie is. And, and it, I mean, what type of, what fight fan doesn't want to watch a guy that just doesn't want to stand and bang like that. And then, you know, Ben Robinson um, came out off a little bit of a layoff. I mean, he's been in there with, you know, some, some guys too, you know, Jerome Hatch, Mike Jones twice, um, both in our main event, you know, he's, he's been in there with both of them. Um, and uh, I just, I think, you know, you take away, he's had, he's 0-4 against Mike Jones and Jerome Hatch. 
I mean, you take away, you, you take those away and he's got a pretty dang good record. And those, I mean, they're fighting for the pro title. So it's not like he's losing to bums either. Um, came out, had a very impressive fast win against Cole Schaefer uh, after a four-year layoff in 2022. Um, I'm very, very interested to see what Ben Robinson looks like uh, at 170 again. Yeah, one and one for Ben Robinson since that four-year layoff as for Connie Correa back after 18 months away. Looking forward to that one for sure. Zeke Latu, and I got to make sure I get this right because this is just in some breaking news. Spur Roundstone out of Montana. Zach, you literally just got this signed on the dotted line a couple of minutes ago. Like 15 minutes ago. Like 15 minutes before we popped on this podcast, we got it confirmed. Um, Spur Roundstone, yep. Zeke Latu, uh, his third opponent. And uh, he's just been game and just – I one thing I love about Zeke, when I send him people to fight, I just get one message back every time. Run it. Like, that's it. Just run it. Let's do it. Like, um, Zeke's I, – I, last fight was I, – I know it was a uh, tough pill to swallow for him. He had Darian Abbey hurt. And it was a fight that I think that Zeke felt like he could win and should have won. Um, but one thing that I loved, I really love to see when fighters, you know, he's, he was gaining momentum. He's two and oh, he had that momentum, took a pretty big step up in competition. I think that's fair to say Darian Abbey was, and I think Zeke found out how good he was in that fight. Cause Darian Abbey's, he's a good fighter. And, uh, Zeke, uh, you know, I, I think he's taken that to heart and he's used it as motivation. Some fighters, you know, when they get that first loss, they get discouraged um this is mma this is not a sport for people to get discouraged after they lose it's it's a sport for people to grow after they lose and i think zeke's took took his training up another level been working with marco sanchez up at rise boxing along with doing his work that he's always done at fight city um very excited to see zeke in this fight and then you know thank thank goodness for guys like spur roundstone you know i've been messaging people nonstop for the last three days trying to get somebody to commit throwing around stupid money to fighters that just quite frankly, are just, I'm trying to overpay them to get somebody to not waste Zeke's camp. And, uh, and finally we found somebody, you know, shout out Steve Urgel who got spur roundstone to do it. Yeah. It's going to be a super fun one in our co-main event. Moving on to the main event, the other belt on the line. On Saturday night, the professional middleweight title, Mike Jones versus Jerome Hatch. Zach, this one just flies off the page. We've talked to both of them back-to-back weeks on the podcast. What are you looking forward to? Um, It's an interesting fight because I think everybody is on pins and needles. One thing I've said over and over that's so interesting to me is I've had people that train that have trained with both guys tell me, man, Mike's just going to dominate Jerome. He has too many tools. He has too many paths to victory. Like Mike, Mike cruises. And I've had some people tell me, man, Jerome's just going to knock Mike out. Like, it's just going to happen. Like, and from people that have trained with both of them, that's very interesting to me. And one thing that's really interesting for me as well is this fight doesn't go to a decision. There's like, there's no way it goes to a decision. And um, 
whoever wins probably wins devastatingly. Like, don't blink. Because at any moment, Drum can land that punch. Or at any moment, Mike, with his assortment of tools, can take him down, strangle him, ground and pound, head kick, lands his own punch. Drum's been knocked out before. We haven't seen it in the fierce cage for a long time. But he has been knocked out before. And Mike was very candid about that on on pot, you know, at, and he believes this. And I, and I agree with it. And I think it's something that fighters don't talk about enough. People talk about Jerome's strength. I think Jerome does hit exceptionally hard, um, but Mike's right. Mike's big enough and strong enough. If he lands a clean punch, he can knock Jerome out. Everybody thinks that Jerome's the only one with the hammer that can knock one out. Like Mike can too. This fight is so fascinating for so many reasons. I've never gotten more comments from people when we announced this fight, like, holy like, this is a huge fight. In my opinion, it's probably the biggest pro fight Utah's had in a long time. Definitely a coin flip headed into August 26th at the Maverick Center. Doors open at four, show starts at five. Is that correct, Zach? Yes, sir. We cannot wait for it. Thank you so much for chatting. Thank you.